0: It's now with great pleasure that I reintroduce Marvin McNeil. Interesting cat, a trombonist, (laughs) educator, and passionate advocate for students. Marvin McNeil is currently pursuing his Ph.D. in ethnomusicology at Wesleyan University. His research interests include New Orleans Brass Band Music and Culture, African American and Black music, youth music, Afro-Caribbean music, urban geographic studies, effect theory, and popular music studies. He holds a master's in ethnomusicology from Wesleyan, uh, an MM in trombone performance from University of Connecticut, and a BA in music education from uh, Virginia Polytech. He is the founding member of the Funky Dogs Brass Band, which is a New Orleans-style brass band whose mission not only includes performing, but it includes giving back to the community and connecting with uh, inner-city youth to engage them in in music education and performance. Marvin and the Funky Dogs run an after-school program and a summer program through the Charter Oak Cultural Center up in Hartford, uh, Marvin's married and he has an eight-year-old daughter
1: yes <laughs>
0: how did they do Marvin
1: oh perfect perfect Rob thanks for having me on the world's greatest station thanks for having me Steve <laughs> you're <laughs> very
0: welcome so let's start off let's start off you know you come from a music family. Why did you choose
1: brass and trombone? Yeah, well, interesting story. Actually, the brass chose me. I wanted to play the saxophone, and uh, coming up in uh, third grade, uh, we could look forward to fourth grade. We started band instruments in fourth grade, and um, my dad was a um army bandsmen and so he played tuba and i liked the tuba but the saxophone kind of grew on me but at the time it's probably still the same the case it's, it's probably still the case now that the saxophone was the most expensive instrument to rent and so um and my dad knew that uh every band he's a bass player so he knew he knew the future and he said well play bass or trombone but he actually came home one day while we we're making the decision and he had a trombone and he was playing it in the kitchen so um i was uh, that was my instrument <laughs> ah yeah. so it was sort of uh Related to family DNA,
0: family and all that DNA, kind of stuff. yes. Yeah. And absolutely. you know, and when you started out listening to music,
1: mm-hmm. what were your influences? What 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 was some of the music that really gave you the bug? Right. It was wide and varied. Uh, of course, uh, at that time, my dad's a who's a military musician but he listened to a lot of jazz so i listened to a lot of jj J. johnson and then miles davis but then you know as i grew into my own i listened to a wide spectrum from classical music i, I like you know joe alessi played the new york philharmonic and um then we would listen to salsa music uh popular music and of course you know funk music with fred wesley you know and and uh in that realm and now you know, these days, you know, trombone shorty is high on my list and you know, why Gordon. But really all the music's inspired me. I came up through a classical training. You know, I had to learn all the etudes and all the excerpts on the trombone. But you know, I enjoyed playing in the big band and then eventually in combo setting where, you know, we would learn standards and things like that. So Oh, cool, cool. Yeah.
0: You know, I, I uh I love practicing the Bach uh Etudes, the yes. two-part inventions, yes, yes. on my upright bass. Right. So someday we'll have to, in the studio, just mess around with you know trombone and bass, bass. on those. On yeah. Those. Uh, those uh, yeah. Those I studies. spent a lot
1: of time with the Bach cello suites. So you know, uh, a question I've been looking to ask mm-hmm.
0: is. You know, when I introduce you as a candidate for a Ph.D. in ethnomusicology, right. Steve, I don't know about you, but that's like one of those words like anti-disestablishmentarianism <laughs> that sort of makes your eyes gla- glaze over Um Marvin, what is ethnomusicology
1: and why does it matter? And why does it matter? Well, you know, let's let's stick to your theme uh today, Rob. You're talking mm-hmm. about a new light and and essentially new voices and and ethnomusicology is actually the study of music in its social and cultural context. Mm-hmm. And so basically as an eth- ethnomusicologist, you know, we examine music any and all music's viable. You know, as a social process in order to understand not only what the music is, but also what it means to people making the music and also what it means to people enjoying the music. And it's very important because it allows us um, to foster, you know, cross-cultural understandings to help understand our differences, and also our likenesses and our shared interests. And it can do so much to help resolve so many understandings. You can take it into the business world, corporate world. You could, you know, take it into negotiation. But, you know, you're taking the music, and it's essentially an anthropology of music. So you're understanding uh, human expression, um, wide and varied through the study of music. It's
0: interesting. It almost for a minute felt like you're not talking about music, but you were talking about um, a currency or a language.
1: Yes, yes. It is in wide and varied languages. And I think Steve kind of tipped on it earlier, you know, about uh, musicology in itself, which it was basically object study. So you would study the music, the structure of the music, um, you know, themes and variations and the history and, you know, who composed the music. But it didn't really um, expand the palette to understand, you know, the cultural uh... provocations whether behind the uh... composer or the people that are consuming the music. And so what ethnomusicology does is it expands the uh, spectrum of study to help understand humans making the music, as well as the music, of course. And, you know, you can grab a historiography of music, you know, whether it's popular music or musics from East Asia, South Asia, um, Africa, and, you know, the Afro-Caribbean music. And so you look at the music and then you also put it in the social political context and understanding people.
0: Yeah, it just seems like every phase we go through has its music, Absolutely, you know, whether it's the civil rights movement or what have you. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, how would you tie that in to spread music now mm-hmm. and, you know, how... How spread music now is uh, serving youth in Connecticut, for those of you don 't know, mm-hmm. Band Central has had a long relationship with spread music now, and their you know executive director Rich Wenning is an extremely talented educator and visionary um, and <clears throat> we 've partnered with with spread music now on on a number of events and missions to to, to make music education more vibrant and, and available in our community yes um mm-hmm. talk, talk a little bit about how you know your your perspective on on spread music now and 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 what you're what you feel you're trying to do in connecticut
1: right well i'm going to start with a little story i think people like stories and i think yeah. i arrived at this point because i'm actually a product of someone who was afforded that opportunity my dad was uh a, a he was born in Baltimore, streets of Baltimore, and there were many avenues that he, you know, could have taken. But it was through the g- generosity in the community and the um, access, more importantly, to music that he was able to carve his path. And he eventually became uh, an Army bandsman, served for 26 years active and then 22 um, as the uh the director of the regimental band at Virginia Tech. They just honored him at Virginia Tech. But, um, you know, I did actually ethnography with my own dad, you know, just asking him his story. And he spoke, you know, to those opportunities and the uh, community that was built with learning music. And so we jumped to... um, my in initiation into the Spread Music Now family is when I was at UConn. I started this group, which we'll get into in a minute, with the Funky Dogs Brass Band, and we decided to share our music um, with the youth in Connecticut. First, we uh, found uh, the urban areas, which you know maybe didn't have as much access, and said we wanted to share our music um, in a fashion that is uh, inclusive. And it's, it's more of a partnership down to the nitty-gritty of playing alongside the uh, the students. Hmm. And so not only were, was the program uh, generously funded by the Spread Music Now Fund, but we also had energy and we had... Um, access to the actual musician. So the Funky Dogs went with me into the Charter Oak Cultural Center and we had this after-school program where the students would play alongside us and then we would give concerts uh, with the students alongside us. So I think you know, when we're thinking about, you know, spreading the music and offering, you know, high quality music education. The uh, fund in the mission of spread music now I, does exactly that. But I also think it expands it to people engaging. And I think it's in that engagement with youth and teachers and people who actually love music is where we fas- we uh, facilitate a love. And it, in out of the music as the guide point we develop relationships and as musicians we all know relationships are important on the bandstand they're important to get to the bandstand and they're very important to to generate excitement for our audience so that was a long answer (laughs) no no (laughs) you know
0: and and something that i thought of as you were speaking Mm -hmm. that relates to the first thing you said about how ethnomusicology in a sense is not even about the music Right. It's really in a larger context about culture. Right. You know, spreading music to particularly to underserved youth is not really about the music. It's really about helping them connect to wanting to learn, absolutely to connect to being psyched and sensitive about something. So it's really more in a larger sense about youth development. Absolutely. Um, mm. we're, we're, we're speaking with Marvin McNeil mm-hmm. here on WPKN 89.5 FM. Uh, I'm Rob Freed, and this is Band Central Radio. Um, Marvin, tell us a little bit about uh, the upcoming Funky Dogs release, and, you know, any other projects. Um, I know people are, a lot of people are really interested in the Funky
1: Dogs. Right. Yeah, for those of you who aren't familiar with the Funky Dogs, we're the Funky Dogs Brass Band. We started at the University of Connecticut and um, modeled after New Orleans uh, Brass Bands. And uh, this group is on the verge of releasing its third album, and it's entitled Vertical and all the music on the album is our originals except for one where we do a tribute to New Orleans and uh we re- we've been recording in the studio all summer and we hopefully it'll come out you know by the first of the year it's going to be in in production phase and so i know our bridgeport uh natives are real familiar with the funky dogs you know you know playing at black rock quite a bit but most importantly i think the the gathering of the vibes everybody probably remembers that And I think that was a moment that marked, you know, the band's trajectory because they received the feedback and the love from, you know, a lot of the 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 the, um, music lovers to uh, to uh, give us the energy and the motivation to continue on to grow. But, you know, I just have to hand it to all the all the other band members. I'm just I put the group together, but I'm all along for the ride. They are the uh, the energy and the um, they have the vision to continue on to give back to the people.
0: Yeah, and we've gotten to know, you know, Tommy Weeks oh, and yeah. Mike Marsters and some of the yeah. some of the guys with the tremendous uh, energy. Collins, and spirit. Aaron, yeah. 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 Um, so the record's going to be coming out soon, mm-hmm. and then, uh, any any performances coming up that people should know about? And you know, while you're mentioning, uh, if people would like to learn more about about you uh mm-hmm. is there is there a way that people can do that either you know through social media or mm-hmm. or uh you know even the wesley website or what have you
1: right absolutely first we'll start with our next performance which will be next uh saturday it's october 2nd i believe october 2nd at six thirty up at uh mansfield stores mansfield they celebrate mansfield day and they're having us back and playing it's a free concert In the square, so come out and see us. You can go to our Facebook page, uh, funkydogsbrassband.com, or go to our Facebook page for more information about that concert. And you can also find more information about me. I'm going to direct our our listeners to those sites first, Um, but then, as far as my research is concerned, if you go to um, Wesleyan Music Graduate Student, and you'll see. there's a site that has uh, blogs, and I have a blog there. You can learn more about me. And I also have a Facebook page, which is, um, I have a page. I'm not very active on it. <laughs> I'm trying to get my dissertation done. Uh, but eventually, once I'm into the, uh, you know, the final phase of my dissertation, I'm going to revamp that and also put together a website with my research. But I'm really focused on finishing up my time at, at Wesleyan University.
0: Wow. Well, that sounds um just awesome, and, you know, I encourage people to uh, to also, you know, check it, check out the research as well. You know, mm-hmm. uh, ethnomusicology is much more accessible than anti-disestablishmentarianism. Yes. <laughs> um, and uh, so, Marvin, I would be delighted if we could uh, hear a little trombone and, and uh, play a little old jazz standard together. What do you think? Sure. All right, let's yeah. thank just, you, Rob. Uh, I think <laughs> we'll go Facebook Live on this a little bit. All
1: Should
2: right, we're, we're going to go, yeah, yeah, let's go
0: a little Facebook Live. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull out my little acoustic guitar, and Marvin's going to uh, <clears throat> grab his, his trombone. Mm-hmm.
2: I mm-hmm. Thank mm-hmm. you. you take my lips i'll never use them take my own i'll never use them your goodbye left me with eyes that cry If alone without you